Hey you, and welcome back to this re-re-re-broadcast episode of one of our picks from our previous episode where we, Kyle and I, went over our top three habits, our top three books, and our bottom three habits for the past year on the Productivity Lab. And in this rebroadcast, you will be checking out Scary Fast Book Review. It was one of those indie books that we came across and it was both in our list, something that we enjoyed and would recommend for others to check out. And like the title says, it's a scary fast read. So here's our book review and our thoughts about it. I hope you enjoy. month for us and that means that we are spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to prioritize and do it as quickly as possible but as smartly as possible which brings us to the book today our our first indie book review we've done some big ones in the past this is an indie one uh this is as you said earlier this is scary fast by brian michael seger segner wait yes his name again stead stegner this is Scary Fest by uh, Brian Michael Stegner. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> my brain just doesn't process the G and the N next to each other. I want to say Stinger. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my brain being weird. But this book is, um, we just found it on random. Like we were just searching for productivity on Goodreads or Amazon. I can't remember what it was. We were both pre-pandemic uh, talking about topics over beers and we're like, Hey, let's just find some random book on Goodreads, mm-hmm. like some self-published book and just like see like what advice they have to offer. But since the big ones, everybody who's listened to the show probably have has probably have read before or they're at least considering it. So it was a nice touch to do something smaller. I think we went to like page like 90 at Goodreads for productivity and mm-hmm. found some, uh, very, uh, uh, very small books out there, very short books too, which I think was great. And this book itself, let me say we find the description, so that way we could cover what he says it should do. Oh, that's a long description. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so this is actually very fitting. The description of the book says, I already read the top 10 productivity books on Amazon. Ready to go faster? Using personal stories to illustrate mind-bending principles, Scary Fast weaves together the author's unique storytelling style and its atypical productivity skills into an unforgettable ride. So it's uh, it seems very fitting that we chose this on random. It's like, are you tired of the top ten? And we are. So here we are with Scary Fast. The book itself, if you will you mind explaining what it's uh, generally about, Mark? This focuses on two things: the eighty twenty rule, which I'm very, have been very familiar with in the business sector. Um, A lot of people use this in the business sector or Mm -hmm. many sectors, actually. And the 82 principle rule, which is also called the Pareto principle. Mm -hmm. Um, And and as the author puts it in the book, is the 80 uh, the idea that you get 80 percent of the results of any given task for only the initial 20 percent of your time 
and effort. And the second thing that he focuses on is the Parkinson's law, which we've talked about many times on this podcast, that work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. Mm-hmm. So that's the two core concepts of this book. And the rest that follows are uh, what the author calls hacks that mm-hmm. uh, hinges upon his use and understanding of those two things, the Parkinson's law and a Pareto principle. Mm-hmm. And you go through um, Scary Fast, and I noted that it was pretty apt because I was able to read through the book Scary Fast. Um, yeah, it, it took also, like an hour to read. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it, it was, I was like, super I was, fast. I gave some props to the author for kind of sticking to his guns with that. He's like, yeah, it's Scary Fast. It's going to be a quickest practice book you'll read it this year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so it doesn't it dispenses with a lot of the fluff and it just describes what the particular rule is, his modifications or combinations of that and uh an, an example of each mm-hmm. uh how he has been able to apply that into his life with followed by a math for you to do the calculations yourself yeah. uh, if you want to. And then lastly, a, an action step, mm-hmm. things, uh, particular things for you to do. So that's pretty much the, the, the two main items of the book and then the structure that results or follows from that. Yeah. So do you want to go through the rules one by one? We could start with uh, talking more in detail, the 80-20 principle, then the Parkinson's law, and then go through yeah. this after that. Right. Yeah, let's go through. So the 80-20 so, principle, like you said, is a... Wait, is wait, wait. The, oh, yeah. Before you jump into that, I think it will behoove us to uh, review or quickly uh, recap the uh, second section of the book, which is the review of basic skills. Second section of the book, review this. Yeah. Wait. So he has his introduction. <laughs> quickly. I finished his book yesterday, but... I don't know yeah, what you're talking he, about. He has his introduction about pretty much about who he is or whatever. Um, and then the uh, review of the basic skills. And this just just quickly, like if anyone else is getting into the book, it just lists, here are some basic things that you should know or that you should do before you even jump into the rest of it. Um, and so he talks about a little bit about like uh, lifting weights or fitness, if you will, um, how that can help uh, and activity can help improve. Oh, your yeah, you're right. Okay. Mental I'm, and I'm physical that page. Uh, yeah. abilities and how that impacts. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And just to finish my thought, like at least on the uh, fitness is how that can actually have an impact or uh, assist you in your productivity by keeping you uh, fit, healthy. Uh, We've done some of these exercises Mm -hmm. and things um, and talk about mental health as well going into it. Um, We just even recently had an episode effectively like book sleep or sleep book reviews. Mm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Unofficial sleep book reviews. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And how that impacts you. So uh, for me, I I thought it was just a pretty good, like quick list of things that you probably should be doing or don't know should do to have some semblance of a basic productivity system before jumping into all the other stuff. The, the next one he talks about saying that we talk about a lot, which is write it down. If a task comes to you, write it down. Doing yes. the uh, tried and true method of getting things done. 
Uh, the next one after that is getting accountability, which is great in whatever way you can. Do you have all these right now, or should I go through all them? I'm I'm looking at them as okay. well. So Do you the, the next four, one? yeah, the fourth is set up a public reward consequence. Um, this is kind of in the uh, atomic habit, right? The cue craving mm, uh, yeah. type system of uh, having a public reward. Um, the next one after that is start your day out with small wins. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows this, making your bed, right? That's the first thing off your checklist, and you feel as if you accomplished something for the day. Um, surprisingly, there was uh, the next two entries <laughs> were for introverts and extroverts. I did not necessarily expect that to be in a product. Yeah, but. it's strange. He, he definitely uh, uh, takes his Myers-Briggs personality test pretty seriously, which mm-hmm. I think he's an INTJ, which is why I got back in high school. So him and I are one of a kind. But, INFP. Uh, you're an IMFP is what you got? Yeah, INFP. Yeah. yeah, so he takes it pretty seriously and uh, he decides to break up. He's like, okay, introverts and extroverts are different. Let's break up a bit. So he talks about, uh, he kind of breaks up the small wins into different kinds. He says like, uh, maybe an extrovert, maybe... Uh, Maybe meeting up with some people to do a task in the morning or do stuff together in the morning would be a good small win. A small win. Uh, an introvert would be doing things more like around the house, like making your bed is what he recommends. I, for the life of me, cannot make my bed in the morning, but <laughs> I fortunately date somebody that likes to do it, so it's been on off accountability for that. But Yeah. I also wake up two um, hours before her, so you know it's going to be weird to make it the bed while she's in bed. <laughs> Exactly. Um, uh, they have to do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he, I like that. It's a different approach. He's like, he's kind of saying like that there's not one size fit all to every solution, which is a philosophy. I could get behind for all these product books. Exactly. Exactly. So already a good point towards you, Brian Michael Stegner. <laughs> uh, the next two that he goes into is uh, lying to yourself, which is... Uh, which is kind of things like you tell yourself, I'm, okay, I'm just going to sit down and talking about NaNoWriMo. I'm just going to sit down and write for half an hour. And then the next thing you know, it's been an hour and a half and you wrote your work goal for the day. Just kind of like you mm-hmm. tell yourself to do small things and then you go from there, which is, I think, a really good uh, mental state to be in. So I was like, yeah, just get saying to be that long. Like today, this morning, I did some meal prepping. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to start doing my breakfast meal prep. So I meal prep breakfast every week. And I'm going to start doing dinner again. And I end up doing half my dinner meal prep. I'm actually uh, marinating some tofu right now for the rest of it. But like, mm-hmm. uh, like that's what happened to me. And then the next thing I know, it's been an hour and a half later. And I've said in a half of the adventure zone complete. And then I next thing I know, it's like, okay, I guess it's time uh, to eat breakfast. And also he talks about uh, rotating task, uh, which is kind of switching back and forth between different types of activities uh, to give yourself the illusion of quitting when you're really just starting a new project. Uh, you want to take the next two? Yes. Uh, be cold. Uh, if this has anything to do with cold <laughs> showers, I want no part in this. Yeah, so when I read this um, part, I was like, oh, I probably don't like this book that much anymore because I don't, I can't, I mean, this is in our top three least least it happens. It's cold showers. <laughs> but, you know, teach their own. <laughs> 
Yes, yeah. Um, though he also, you know, warns like we did in that episode to, you know, if you have any heart conditions or anything yeah. like that, you need to be careful about um, code exposure because of the constriction of the blood uh, vessels. Then we have be organized, the next one. Um, I think this is kind of important. Um if you're well, if you're disorganized, you will be able to attain even basic levels of productivity. Mm-hmm. But I also have to say, you have to be careful in what you interpret "be organized" mean meaning. A lot of people, for, it, it can be uh, up to a certain point of maybe be organized in your thoughts. If you write a lot of stuff down, maybe mm-hmm. use a. Or if you're di- disorganized and you find that you put stuff all over the place. I write a lot of sticky notes everywhere. Wherever I'm at, I make a sticky note of something. But I always come back and put it right in the same spot on my desk Hmm. so that I can follow them. So I know I'm disorganized because I'm writing stuff and quotes and thoughts everywhere. But I come, I put organization into it by putting it in a singular spot for me to refile later. Hmm. So um, there's things of of that nature. Again, you kind of have to think about what that means a little bit. I know my desk is always gets messy, but that doesn't hinder me from productivity as yeah. it does other people, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Same thing. Uh, the next ones he talks about is using technology, which is mm-hmm. finding the apps of your choice that helps you get the, like helps you get things done. For me, it's Todoist and Notion are my two go-tos. And of course, your email client of choice, which being like email clients, he talks about buying a filing box, which is to organize or uh, organize your stuff. Uh, I know my, my personal inbox at work has a different folder for every project I work on just for simplicity. He talks about it in like a more physical sense, but during pandemic times, I barely deal with paper anymore. So I think that <laughs> also applies to digital too, is just knowing how to file things and proper file management could make a huge difference. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then he talks about batch your task. Um, We've talked about this. We've even had an episode on themed days, which mm-hmm. is task batching in a way. But you can also do that at a, a lesser level. Uh, he also talked about isolate your mind, mm-hmm. um, that the holy grail of productivity is usually referred to as achieving a state of flow. And we've talked about this again in uh, other books like Hyperfocus, when you're really, really focused on that particular task and even in our brain FM uh, episode and which you can um, uh, receive that state of flow and you're really engaged in that particular task that you're doing. Um, that's the flow, the zone, whatever you want to call it. He also, and, Oh yeah. Go ahead. No, I was go say, ahead. He also recommends things like mindfulness meditation as well for yeah. isolating your mind. Like in a pure sense, like I'd, I'd uh, go hard harken back to our digital minimalism review where he talks about the benefit of solitude for problem solving. So yes. I think your mind works into both hyper focus and scatter focus. And those those terms will never die in the show. No, they will not. <laughs> they appear every episode. <laughs> I think we owe Chris so, Bailey some royalties. <laughs> we do every time we mention that. Yeah. Um but yeah, those those were kind of like the basic skills, right? Um that I is that for him or sets a foundation or that's really good to have a at least a starting point of some type of productivity system mm-hmm. before you can even like move forward with everything that he puts forward. 
Um, yeah, which I think is great. Like you need to lay your foundations first. And then yeah. these things work better because like what he does say is very intense stuff. And some stuff I think is ridiculously intense. As <laughs> We'll get to it later, but in our Slack yeah. chat, I put that, I put a GIF from Spaceballs whenever they're like, <laughs> like, I was like light speed, ridiculous speed, ludicrous speed. That's what this book yes. does. Like he start he starts off teaching you to go at light speed, which is the basic. And then he talks about going at ridiculous speed, which is like the first couple steps. And then he talks about going to ludicrous speed. And then, yeah, uh, you'll go plaid by the end of this. So, yeah, uh, I think it'd be good to cover the action step too. He recommends doing things as like adding uh, a few items to your day that you don't do already, like making your bed, just to kind of like start laying mm-hmm. those foundations, take push-up breaks or walking breaks if you can, and also end your shower with a blast of cold water, which, I mean, that's not a too cold shower, so maybe that's all yeah. right. Also, he says to handwrite the top three things accomplished that day, which I think you'll take a lot of pride in, Mark. I do. I handwrite it every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get on to the, the meat of the book. The which meat is, of the book. He lays Wait, out would this earlier. Be the, yeah. Would this be the 20% of the book or is this the 80% of <laughs> the book? That was actually the first 27 or 25% of the book according to Kindle. I'm just skimming through the Kindle. So yeah, there we go. That's uh, There we go. Okay. So anyways. He kind of builds off the foundation of two. So you have your main foundation, which is your core habits that you uh, practice every day. That helps you get through the day, helps you get that task done. So he takes the takes you to the next level by introducing two new concepts, which we talked about earlier, which is the 80-20 principle or the Perot principle and the Parkinson's law. And then to reiterate those, the 80-20 principle states that 80% of the most valuable work is done within 20% of the task or the time, or what have you, which I could definitely say is true in my job because I literally have been spending months trying to do something that's very tiny and I can't get it done because there's so many there's so many dead ends I keep on running into. It's a bunch of research. But yeah. so like that's taking up 80% of the work for 20% of the things right there. But the inverse is true too, where 20% of the work can get 80% of the things done. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to follow more, there's a really good video by Vsauce called The Zilf Mystery, which is all about power distributions, which they are everywhere. Once you become aware of them, they're everywhere in your life. Nothing yeah. is like bring up to power uh, to the pandemic. The pandemic's a power distribution. So, yeah. Uh, and and yeah. I know we're going to get slightly off topic. Like, and the, the reason why I mentioned the 82 is also called the, the Pareto uh, principle, is because. It, like there's a Pareto distribution that goes along with the eighty twenty rule and principle mm-hmm. and how you use it, right? 20% in business, for example, 20% of the customers provide um, are, is 80% of your work or provides 80% of your funding. Mm-hmm. Um, how it was originally was applied was in Italy, uh, from what I recall, in which 80% of the land was owned by 20% of the right, people, yeah. yep. right? Of the wealth, and you can look at that wealth distribution broken out between mm. um, different countries and stuff like that. So they've they were able to use that in varying manners outside of the work or things that you need to actually produce. Mm. Here, um, there's a, a fun fact too uh, when it comes to the English language, the uh, word usage or not English language, any language really, the distribution of words and uh, and sentences and books and so on and so forth is equal to one over its rank. So, hmm. uh, for example, the word does the most common word in the in English. Let me see the 
most common words in English. Give me a second. Because this is, I find this really fascinating. I could we could hold up to this. B is the second most common word in English, and that is that appears half as many times as the word the appears in the English language. And so on and nice. so forth. And it's uh it's true with like apparently character names in books. The the second most uh frequent character in book in books is also only seen half as much as the uh, first most uh, seen character in the book. It's really fascinating stuff. It's everywhere. It's like this built-in distribution in the universe and also uh, human behavior as well. So the primary principle it. might not necessarily be A20. It's just that's a good rule of thumb. But yeah. just keep in mind that there's an uneven distribution. 10, you might have 10 tasks to do that day, but only uh, two of them will actually get you the most work out of that day. And the rest are just kind of there. And you yeah. deal with this later. So let's go on to the next one. He talks about Parkinson's law, which is the law yep. that work will always take the amount of time allocated to finish it. So if you're given, say, you gave yourself, like, I'll finish my book before I die, you'll work on it very slowly, and then by the time <laughs> you die, you won't have it finished at all. But if you join NaNoWriMo, and you're like, oh, crap, I got a month to finish this, you're going to start working on that book a lot more. As I've been living through Parkinson's Law IRL for the past month, I, I could definitely vouch for it. So the idea is it's basically the idea of deadlines, and deadlines are very important. Even then, though, deadlines from external sources are pretty powerful. However, personal deadlines are also pretty powerful, too, in the Parkinson's Law, as long as you're organized enough and you track yourself enough to keep yourself accountable. Uh, the Parkinson's law applies to many different parts of life. Right. And when I was making notes on this particular one, I end up diving down into a, uh, the another section that he actually talks about. Because I was like, when if anyone is um, identifying or writing a task, they need to be using... I use the SMART methodology, um, but most people kind of bull, bull it down to two or three points and making the task or goal that they need to complete specific, um, measurable, and time-bound. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're, they're able to not just, I need to create this video, I need to create a video about this very specific topic, and they make it measurable in how they are able to measure their success in completing mm-hmm. that. And they make a time bound, which is a deadline. So in that, you're kind of accomplishing um, it in some facet. But then when it comes to actually producing that work, then you can um, look at the Parkinson's law. Yes, you have a deadline, but now you need to actually um, maybe restrict yourself. Because if your deadline is a week or two weeks away, you could literally work on that video for two weeks until the deadline, Mm. right? So Parkinson's law comes into place to where you're able to restrict the the working time um, that you're spending on that project Mm. or time time block it, Mm. if you will. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, One thing I want to go, what I liked about this book is that he does have a disclaimer about the 80-20 principle, which is that Mm -hmm. people like rocket scientists, surgeons, people have like very vital jobs that require like, the utmost precision civil engineers like myself include uh, should ignore or not really ignore, but they shouldn't take the 80 20 principle as literal as other professions could. So like he says, like the, you don't want your bridge to collapse because your engineer is trying to be efficient, like in terms of time. 
So, uh, yeah, as an engineer, I'm like, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, because it's good for time management to keep that in mind. Yeah, I highlighted that he did say, like, in there, something shouldn't be rushed. Um, if I can also counter one piece that I made a note of that kind of, I don't know if it was purpose purposeful, um, but I made a note when reading through it. Um, and it was on a particular section in 8020 principle in which he was, he stated, quote, uh, though he called it the law of, uh, unequal returns Mm -hmm. or something like that. Anyway, that's probably where Ferris picked up the concept and footnoted it. And so I was like, okay, I wrote a note, not really one for research, if you could not tell already, right? Because it kept referring back to things. And I'm like, I don't know if that was the intention to come off that way, or if you're trying to relay these principles and the the construct of what they are, how they can be applied, while also supplying mathematical formulas that someone can use. That could then read off a bit lazy when you can't even validate the the laws that you're using or referring to, who wrote them, who whatever, like a five minute Google search. So yeah. I, I was kind of like that a bit of my criticism there when going through it in which I could not discern if if this is just the particular writing style that they uh, you can go look it up because yeah. it does reference that at a few points. Um, so I just wanted to add that comment there on it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the next phase. So he brings up these things that these two tools will be using in this, uh, book slash episode. And Mm -hmm. he brings on to the idea of the Parkinson's 20, which is the first hack, the first major hack in this book. The Parkinson's 20 states, let me see if you find the actual definition he does. Uh, that's Parkinson's law. Give me a second. Give me one more second. Scrolling through Kindles is not as elegant as scrolling through a print book. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Wait, I'm, okay. yeah, I'm also yeah. trying so, to. Uh, the Parkinson's 20 is pretty much the uh, the combination of combining the Parkinson's law, which you mm-hmm. give yourself a deadline, and the Pareto principle, where you give yourself the 20%, the 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 top 20% most important task you gotta do. So he recommends finding like a very short time period to accomplish all 20% of these tasks and go from there. It's pretty straightforward. I just combine these things together, which makes logical sense to me. So instead of like being like, okay, I'm going to uh, spend the, since books are always in the mind right now because NaNoWriMo uh, you could say, okay, I'm going to work on writing this book, but what are the most important chapters I need to write right now? Instead of like, just like, I, I write in a very nonlinear fashion. I'm actually writing my book from like different parts of the story. So I'm working on the ones that I think move the world forward first, and then I work on the filler ones later. The world or the characters. So that's how I'd, I'd uh, apply that. Additionally, if like you uh, say are... I forgot I was going to go with that. Okay, so no additionally there. I, my, my brain just stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the idea is that you uh, you find these things and you give yourself a very short time span. Uh, let's see. I have an example right here. Uh, it says that he said it in the, in, uh, that he started up a weekly blog and he's a, he was afraid of his blog failing like every other blog does out there. 
Uh, so he decided that he gave himself two weeks to write a year's worth of posts. He wasn't going to like finalize the posts. He was just going to write the meat of the post and then update and edit them later. But he wanted to get those ideas out and ready to go so that way whenever the time comes, he just gets to do some revisions or fill in the blanks like, oh, it's now Halloween. Here's I'll change this up and like make it topical to the time. But the point is that the, the most important piece of the work was there. So that yeah. I think is a really good idea as well. So that is the Parkinson's 20. It is find the most important parts of your task and then give yourself a good deadline. Two weeks, if it's like a lot of writing, a day, if you just have like something quickly to do. Uh, in a sense, I guess, meal prepping is kind of like that too. You find the most important thing you got to do, which is cooking food. And if you cook food every day, you got to deal with it reheating every, you gotta reheat the pan every day you got to chop things up so it's just good to get that all the way out the way right then and right now so that way after that you just gotta worry about warming up in the microwave it takes it takes like a big bulk of time to save a lot of time later all right you want to move on to the next one or do you have anything else to say i oh, know you cut out Ooh. yeah yeah you're like Cutting out a little bit here. And I, there. I think it's because Amberly's streaming okay. in the other room. <laughs> I'm gonna um, start closing down more subroutines on my computer. <laughs> there you go. Um, are we on the twenty of twenty? Yeah, we're on twenty of twenty. Okay. Okay. All right. So the next one that uh, hack that he lists is the twenty of twenty. And this is, again, um, taking the other and diving deeper into the framework. So if um, if you're taking the uh, 80-20 principle, uh, finding the most 20% of the work that you need to do or task uh, that you need to complete, then it's taking the 20% of that 20%. Mm-hmm. The most, most important stuff, uh, as what he notes, um, to get done, right? And he kind of, when he does this in the math examples, he's equating the, uh, the, the work or the time savings or the, the percentages, right, of when you're looking at, at the, the, how it breaks down from a percentage-wise and comparing that to a grade. So as we're going through these things, and I think this is the, the latest one, I think, um, that crunches everything. There's there's some other things, but this is taking the if you have your bulk of work, the twenty percent of that, and then going a further deeper twenty percent mm-hmm. of that particular work, um, which gives about what sixty four percent of yep. the results. Yeah. Uh, right. And so he's equating that to your grade percentages. Mm-hmm. Right. A. 90% and higher, mm-hmm. B, 80% and higher, so on and so on. Whereas the first uh, gave you 80% of the results, uh, focusing on the 20, that's B work, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone is producing B work. No one should be producing A work because you're not going to notice that, um, you know, you have the 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 perfection syndrome or whatever that uh, a lot of creators uh, have. So... That is what this one is focusing, um, the 20 of 20. Though, again, you have to realize uh, how much that you're compounding and maybe you not doesn't need to go any further. Mm-hmm. So I think in this particular one, I'm not sure in this example he gave was reading instructions. So finding the 20 percent 
uh, of the most oh, yeah. important, the, the important <laughs> That's stuff. How I read it in furniture assemblies, <laughs> and I end up playing something on backwards and it assemble the whole thing. And then reassemble As it again. As a friend, a friend calls it. Um, I don't need these destructions. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, you always have to go back and pull it anyway. Yeah. So um, that's essentially what the twenty of twenty is. He, um, just to oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say he has a disclaimer, which I thought was pretty funny. Which is like that. Yeah. In theory, if you the math works out that you're moving twenty times faster than most people on average. Of course, the average person varies, uh, but you're already moving twenty times faster than a lot of people. You should ever be should ever be doing anything. So he says that this could also be used to backfire, such as if you file your taxes at 20 times the speed, you'll miss detail <laughs> and you could get audited. Uh, dating your wife at 20 times the speed, divorce. Driving to work at 20 times the speed, death. <laughs> so proceed with caution and use some common sense as the way it yes, says. So yes. this, I think this book really, although he takes a lot of influence from Tim Ferriss, as he mentions uh, mm-hmm. in the intro, I think this book is actually kind of more like a follow-up to getting things done, where getting things done are tasks that you could like easily break down, and uh, they are not nuanced like you know having a relationship is. It's not like right. reminds me of like a, this Elon Musk quote. I I think I read in his biography where he's like, "How much time do women want? Like ten percent of my time? I could do that." It's like that's not. <laughs> he's three times divorced, so like that you gotta have some common sense there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm great. I'm glad you pointed that, like, there are, I guess a follow up to getting things done because it, that's a lot what I got a lot out of reading this book, right? Um, just that it's sitting in the, in the shadows of getting things mm-hmm. done. But I was actually able to complete this and I didn't force myself <laughs> to finish this book, unlike getting things done. That's another story. Um, <laughs> so the next one is the synergized 20. Wait, no, we haven't and, gotten to it yet. No, oh, uh, he has a modification of the Parkinson's 20, which oh, is the Parkinson's right 20 of yes, 20, yes, which yes. is, this is a quick side note, but it's the next step, which is, uh, applying no, the Parkinson's no, no, no. 20 and then you just do that again to the top 20% of the top 20% task you have to do. And no, we just did that. What? I mean, yeah, we just did that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no, that's what we're talking about. The 20 of 20. Yeah. But he, he defines the, it's in the same section. He also defines the Parkinson's 20 and 20, which is, uh, pretty much the same thing, but, uh, the next level. It's just like it's a side note. Okay, anyway, I must have skipped that one in note. my notes. It's a side note. It's not. It's like hack four point five. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I wasn't looking at the yeah. book. I was looking at my notes, and I wrote something different. Yeah. Um, so now we get the synergized okay. twenty. You want to go on with this one? Yeah. Uh, the synergized twenty. I noted is essentially being um, single effort uh, with work that can be reused. Mm. Um, if you, it was essentially what I got out of it. It's killing two birds at one mm-hmm. stone. He also makes a note to not say that it is. Um, why did I just lose the word? That is not multitasking. Multitasking. Yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's we, truncating task. It's different. Like, I'm not really truncating. I guess portmanteauing them, recombining them together, and it would be things like say cooking and listening to an audiobook, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, see. I go find those examples. Uh, I got a funny quote I want to share too. He talks about like things like the overlap. So yeah, like I guess like cooking and and uh, listening to an audiobook, uh, mm-hmm. maybe like brushing your teeth and 
pouring coffee that's what i do in the morning <laughs> i'll go uh, every morning i'll brush my teeth and then i'll uh, start also getting the coffee ready as i'm in the kitchen brush my teeth and like one hand's on the coffee pot <laughs> trying to pour the water in yeah stuff like that just like simple things typically things that will not uh take up too much mental effort and they have as he says overlapping things even like uh reading for fun uh going since this is nana right moment for both of us uh for me reading for fun is also reading for research now so in a yeah. sense i'm I'm doing two things at once. So it's just kind of like finding things that have overlap in your life and putting them together. My most common one is podcast and running. Yeah. Um, and then he also breaks this down into different examples. Like we were saying, like pre-learning, for example, um, in which if you're taking a, your lunch break and instead of like um, watching an episode of anime mm-hmm. or the latest episode of some TV show, Maybe you could be watching a documentary or you can be watching a quick how-to video on um, maybe how to do design work. And you're watching them uh, instruct you on how to uh, the proper placement of, of aligning text, uh, you know, to make a, a graph or poster um, is just pre-learning, learning the things ahead of time that you need so that when you get to that time when you mm-hmm. need it, um, you're you're already ahead of the curve. Um, and at that point in time, it was entertainment to you. It was learning. Um, so that's that's one way to do the Synergize 20. Uh, the other is pre-doing. Um, he talks a lot mm-hmm. about of recording or doing training but when he's showing someone how to do oh, something yeah, right. yeah, yeah. he's recording yeah, yeah, yeah he's recording that so he never has to show them again and now he has like training video yeah. produced right uh he has this a uh, really funny quote i think the best line in the entire book is one i'm about to read this is actually a really fun book to read i wouldn't mind reading more of his blog but it doesn't seem like he has a blog anymore but yeah it, he did definitely sell me on the idea of like reading what he has to write and so he says, as I appear to be doing just one thing, I'm actually usually doing work that will have an effect on many different things, effectively killing several birds at the same time. If this was literal, my yard would be a mass grave of dead songbirds, eagles, <laughs> hawks. PETA would be permanently camped outside my home. and I'd probably be under federal investigation for killing some spotted owls, seagulls, and maybe a bald eagle or two. So, <laughs> I was like, this, I love this guy. I love it. Like he, he, does, it's, he does it in a very fun way. He kind of reminds me of... Uh, my favorite blogger out there, uh, Tim Urban of the blog, wait, but why he takes very serious topics and like breaks them down into like very casual things. Like he's not afraid of saying the F word when explaining very high concept things like space exploration or, uh, right now he's doing a political investigation of the history of American and global politics, but he's not afraid to like throw in the F word occasionally. He's like, it's just fun. And, like I, I read everything that he writes. So this guy kind of reminds me of Tim Urban. Like he, he has some really good ideas, but he makes it very accessible to everybody and fun to read. All right. So the next one is Systemize 20. And this is uh, what I highlighted or a quote of what this is. The Systemize 20 is where you systemize the responses to 80% of your regularly occurring or anticipated tasks so that they are more rapidly deployed and less mentally draining and only provide innovative or custom responses to the most irregular or unanticipated 20% of incoming tasks, a.k.a. automation. Yeah, like he recommends things like automatic email responses. He says like 80% about what you do it's saying that's probably been done before. Yes. 
Yeah. And so with that, like depending on the type of task and the things that you're doing, um, you can automate that away. Like sit, look at your repetitive task and, and, and things that you that you're doing. What do you commonly um, reply back with or et cetera? Is there a way that you can automate this? Um, there's different automation tools like Zapier um, or other things mm-hmm. that you can find online and which you can hook into your different applications and tools and stuff like that to be able to automate. You can, for example, if you do a lot of writing and you're generally finding yourself reusing the same thing, uh, sending the same emails or whatever, you can use something like Text Expander on mm-hmm. the computer yeah. and to create templates. And so you just hit a few uh, few keywords um, on the keyboard and it plops out that, that template and then text and then you can modify what you need. I use it all the time in my day job uh, because of the amount of writing that I do and responding to customers. We, I, If I find that I'm responding with a lot of the same questions, a lot of the same type of research or, or a lot of the same links and stuff like that, I will store that in text expander Mm -hmm. and I will just hit a few keywords and it'll plop out my entire response. I tweak what needs to be tweaked. And that way, what would normally have taken me maybe 15 to 20 minutes to write out search and link, it takes 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. 45 seconds if I need to tweak. Um, So this is where Systemize 20 comes in and using automation to your advantage. Yep. Uh, At work, we kind of do the same thing. There's this part of work that I absolutely do not like doing, and I've been very vocal about it, but it has to be done anyways. So I've been finding ways to automate it, which is uh, doing things with AutoCAD. So Mm. one of my coworkers years before I joined, he he created a main template for AutoCAD drawings where you just turn on and off layers for the things that you need because a lot of things that we have are standardized and it's pointless to keep on drawing or even copying and pasting between each file. So yep. we turn on and off layers, but it wasn't good enough for me. So I've made uh, some changes to make it even better and I'm slowly making it so that way eventually, hopefully, unless it's a custom built structure, we just turn on and off the layers that we need because it's, the drawings are there for construction to know where to put things. It's not... It's not fabrication drawing, which is what our manufacturer does. So it's just kind of like, hey, put this here, put this thing here, this is what it should look like, and that's it. It's kind of like an assembly drawing. So uh, uh, we've found ways to automate that, and I'm still not satisfied with what we've done, but it's it's better than nothing, and it does save hours of work. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) I'm slowly trying to make it better, too. And my coworker who made the old version of of this automation is actually working on one that's supposed to be more uh more uh uh in depth and automatic but it's still a work in progress and it uses a different program however it saves a lot of time and uh quite a lot of headaches too so the uh if you can find things to systemize find the most important things that take up the most of your time and then just systemize those which then brings yeah. us to the final one which is saying that i can't do because i'm not a supervisor and I don't think you can do more because oh. you're not a supervisor. But right. it is the Tim Ferriss method, a.k.a. he calls it the extended 20, which is delegating mm-hmm. work. Yes. Uh, how nice it would be to do this. <laughs> Actually, you can. 
you, you can, and I've been thinking a lot about it. But yeah, he, he does two things in here, delegating the work, right? Um, uh, of course, when you're growing to a certain level and if you want to save your time and productivity, right, you hand it off to someone else. But mm-hmm. part of that to help keep that level of productivity and everything going forward is the next piece that he referenced in this extended 20 is the disciplining. Oh, yeah. So passing on those tasks and productivity hacks to that mm-hmm. other person. So for example, if, because I really like doing it, if I ever got to a point where I'm like, okay, I think I can do a bit more. If for example, I thought it was worthwhile for me to hand off video editing mm-hmm. and yeah. everything else to someone else uh, to do, then I can take those six or 12 hours a week and instead of not editing video, I can spend it towards writing or to maybe recording even more videos than I would have been able to. But to do that, I need to be able to, to create a template of my style, right? Mm-hmm. So I create a template of the workflow, the style and things that I'm looking for and discipline that person or find that person to teach that to and say, here are things that I'm looking for and have them produce that work, right? Yeah. So it, it, in some fashion, you, you can definitely do that. It depends on the type of work that you're doing. So if I'm doing podcast editing or if I'm doing video editing, I 100% definitely can um, delegate that off. But then you get into uh, when you're doing things like that, is the cost versus time worth it, right? Um, You're paying someone else, but are you able to make it up in this other area? So that's kind of what the extended 20 talks about is where you take all those principles that you've picked up and you put them in the forms of delegating to other people and disciplining or training other people to use your system or take advantage of the productivity hacks that you've hmm. created, if you will. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of just at work too. I've been uh, slowly writing different guides for different things that we do at work. And I definitely put them in my voice and like how I do it. Of course, everybody does it differently, but uh, now we're hiring new people. They're becoming more and more important. So instead of teaching them everything, it's like, hey, read this. And if you have any questions, let me know. So that's the that's been what I've been doing at work. And also around the house, uh, both my partner and I do not like doing yard work. So we pay one of our neighbors who has a local yard working business uh, to do our mowing and weeding uh, every two weeks, which as a kid, I never liked yard work. So I'm happy to get that off my plate. <laughs> <laughs> and we were able to I use totally our, our shed that. in the back as like an additional storage shed since we don't really have any attic nice. space. So we, nice. we were able to do that. Yeah. So that's, I guess, yeah, yeah, that that's, that's definitely one way that you can do that. Right. Cause I definitely did that when I started out really uh, focusing on, um, uh, getting back into writing and, 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 uh, podcast editing and, and production and stuff like that. One of the things that I looked at, cause I was also tracking my time then big shocker. Uh, one of the things I was looking at was the amount of time I spent in doing yard work. And I was like, okay, that goes mm. right. That, that, um, 
at times you you know you mow two times a week or whatever and i had a huge yard so that six to that six about six hours four to six hours yes it took that long to mow uh, uh, edge and all that stuff that four to six hours that i spent doing then i just paid someone else to do it and i was actually able to use that time to be more productive at mm. other things so there are things that you can look around in your life to say if it's uh worth to invest to delegate that to someone else and it doesn't actually have to be your work so that's a great point that you kind of bring up kyle it can be other things within your life that you feel that your time can be better Mm. used elsewhere Mm -hmm. that you can delegate that's correct and yeah just it doesn't have to be at work and just trying to figure things out they don't like to do they could pay someone else to do if you can afford it and yes go from there so we're at the end of the book he uh goes into his uh, final uh, although neither of us have read the four hour work week, this also feels very Tim Ferriss. He recommends <laughs> don't become a workaholic through his methods. Instead, find time between the gaps, or he says don't fill in the gaps and find that time to have more meaningful time with other things. So, reading, writing, spending time with people, and so on, which I think is a good way to end on because sometimes it feels like that these books, especially from uh, smaller productivity blogs are like you have to be moving at all time you gotta hustle so it's nice to see that he's like don't hustle just enjoy your time yes he also he, um, his final recommendation is to have a sabbath day for productivity and don't do anything of work value during that day i am not like that at like that but i guess sundays are my closest <laughs> days to that since i tend to do uh i tend to do uh D for four hours on sundays and typically in the morning I read or meal prep. So it's a little bit more relaxing at that time. Like today, I'm only, I've am only i only gone about 100 words done for NaNoWriMo, and I'll probably only get those 100 words done today because it's been uh, more of a resting day and uh, chores day. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think this brings us down to our reviews. Uh, what do you uh, think about this, Mark? Um, as mentioned, I, it was a super quick read, which I enjoyed. And even the author noted that within the book to say, I'm not going to bore you with any of the, the other things you can, you know, you can go out and read the, the other big books or to dive down into all the Mm. details. I'm just going to kind of bring you the core of what I need and not add all these uh, other pages. So, um, it was them, I guess, kind of. I'm stretching here, but kind of in a way of them putting their um, uses usage of the rule and principles into effect in their work of them only writing the 20 percent of the 80 percent of things that you need. Um, so <laughs> so um, I enjoyed the book. I thought it was just a quick read. Um, like I said, I did have that one criticism. I didn't know if it was necessarily a full criticism or maybe I was just getting accustomed to the author's writing mm-hmm. style. And by the end of the book, it, it, you know, I didn't really think of it that much. Um, so that, that, that piece was just at the very beginning for me. I kind of got a, uh, picked up what the author was uh, putting down, if you will. Um, though I would have also just like, it would have just read cleaner to me if you didn't include those necessary things. But that's beside the point. It's um, also the side of like with self-publishing too. If you have an editor, you might not notice those things. They become blind spots. Yeah. Every, if you're, uh, 
So the thing, <laughs> we're getting off the point, but even if you self-publish, you need to have an editor and beta readers. I can't emphasize that enough. But outside... <laughs> Maybe he does. He, he's a um, pastor. Maybe he has some people in his church read for him. I don't know. Uh, but it, it could be. It could be. But it, it just, again, that could be just a writing style yeah, that yeah, I, I hadn't gotten accustomed to uh, within the book. We shouldn't uh, judge it because we don't know what the behind-the-scenes work was like for this book. Right, absolutely. Or we should make assume I, we could judge. Well, you, you know, make, don't make any assumptions. Like I was right there. Well, some of it was was done as he was traveling back and forth across the boat border. Oh yeah, that's right. He yeah, he says that he right. talking yeah. about like, like stacking tasks together and his systemize exactly. or synergize uh, part. Uh, he says that he's a dropship company, uh, an e-commerce company. Yes. I'm assuming dropship, but that's only because I can't find his websites down. But he could just speak a normal like yeah. like maybe they just sell like knickknacks. But he lives in Canada, yeah. and he found out that's cheaper to drive across the border than it is to send mail across the border through the through the post office. So he drive across the New York Canada border to mm-hmm. uh, uh, to drop things off, and while he's waiting in line in customs, he just pulls his laptop and start writing, which I think is great. <laughs> I aspire to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, uh, I wish I can't. I can't do that. Um, outside of that, um, if you're you know, I'm always a fan of people reading books on a singular subject, like at least five, six books on a particular subject mm-hmm. so that you can have a, I guess, a good base understanding of it. And you can apply with the, the pre-existing knowledge that you have. Um, if this is if you want a quick book to read through and and you're looking at these other books of the amount of time it takes to read them, this is super quick. You can get this over with over lunch or, you know, a cup of tea and you'll be done with this particular mm-hmm. book. I like that the author included action steps and a math section for you to kind of work out each of these hacks and maybe uh, potentially apply it to some of the things yeah, they very actionable. To do. I like that. I highlight all those action steps so that they're all good. Yes, very good. Um, but then to also quote the author, something shouldn't be rushed. Mm-hmm. So don't feel um, as if you uh, need to apply this to everything that you um, have going on. Like podcast I also book like reviews. the kind of, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and uh, last thing, I also liked how how the author uh, was kind of having a dialogue with you in the book, because there was a point in the book and where we got to, I think, one of the math steps. I can't remember where. And uh, the author said something and then it put you, colon, <laughs> my right, brain yeah. hurts. Yeah. And I was like, yes, my brain does hurt uh, <laughs> when going through all the math stuff. So um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I would recommend it as a quick read for everyone. And I think I gave this a four out of five. Mm-hmm. So uh, what about you, Kyle? I'll give you my scary fast book review I put in Goodreads, which is fun short read. Oh, sh- took me only an hour. Doesn't take itself too seriously, but provides some useful advice along the way. Four out of five. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I think that the author, if his blog is still active, I'd like to uh, reach out to him and read it. And uh, I wouldn't mind giving a shout on Twitter saying that we really enjoyed your book and uh, we'd love to see more of what you had to say. I think that uh, he's he's kind of like us. He's an amateur in terms of like he's not like a big person like Tim Ferriss, but he mm-hmm. he definitely knows what he's talking about. Assuming that we know what we're talking about, <laughs> I just, I, it felt it was great to read somebody in the indie scene too. It kind of felt it was more accessible to us. 
It was, yeah. yeah. Which is like my, big, my bigger problem with like people like Tim Ferriss is that they, they live their own ivory towers and yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, just, I, I don't, I don't yeah. like that. And uh, me and uh, my partner both have opinions on Tim Ferriss, although I've never read any of his books. I just, from this podcast, I'm just like, I don't think you really understand how normal people work. So I think, but Tim Ferriss' target audience isn't normal people. It's managers and CEOs. So maybe I'm just not the right person for Tim Ferriss. Uh, but yeah, I, that's I how I feel. I think that this is great. And this gets, uh, I guess, TPL seal of approval. TPL seal. We should have a little sound effect for that. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so what do we have coming up? And that's it. Simple as that. I hope you enjoyed that rebroadcast. If this is your first time listening, I hope that you enjoyed that episode for your uh, first listen. Coming up next, we will resume with a brand new episode of the Daybook Challenge. And that's from our latest book review that you can certainly check out in our feed of Refuse to Choose by Barbara Scher. So this challenge, we will be talking about the Daybook. What is that? What does it mean? What does it do? You'll find out all in the next episode. In the meantime, you can find us and everything that we mentioned in our beautiful show notes at tpl.show for short or the productivitylab.show. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Productive Lab. And that's it. Until next time, stay productive.